0: learn. Continue getting ready for Purim. <clears throat> all right, yeah, it's, it's one of those Yom in that, uh, you know, I was just, uh, I just mentioned this to a friend of mine, even if you, like, if you laid out for me all the yusitis, all the concepts, all the ideas that, you know, are sort of behind Purim, I would never come up with Purim, you know what I mean? It's one of those things, you know, once Purim is there, you you the sort of, uh, you can constantly find more layers to it. But no matter with all the layers that we know, you know we never come up with perm on our own, which means that there's definitely more layers to it that, we, that we're not uh, getting to. But, but as I well, said, we'll, uh, we'll try to uncover, we'll try to get to, a, to at least a, a one deeper layer of perm tonight. Okay, so we'll begin. Let's get through a few questions, and then, uh, and then we'll introduce uh, a site that I think will help us understand a little bit deeper what perm is about. Okay, we'll begin like this. So, you know, every Yontif Purim is no different. Every Yontif has a particular date. has a particular date. So, Purim, uh, so Pesach is, uh, you know, Tesvav Nisan. Rosh Hashanah is of Tishrei. And so Purim is not so clear what it is. Yudalad Yudalad uh, Adar, Tesvav Adar, regular Purim, 15th day of Purim, Shushan Purim. But what's interesting is, is that Chazal say, Mishinichnas Adar is Marvim B'Semcha. Mishinichnas Adar, Maram B'Semcha means... That despite the fact that the yontif of perm is one particular day or two particular days or so on in the month of Adar, but Chazal understood that Adar somehow the entire month is is defined and redefined because of that yontif that's called perm. Now, what does that tell us about the yontif of perm in the fact that it sort of redefines and sort of. Um, Makes itself known throughout the entire month So the answer is, and what this tells us about perma is the following idea: the true definition of months and the, that, that uh, time period that's defined as a month, that's based on the moon. that's based on the moon. Uh, by uh, regarding the sun when it comes to the, the, the solar year, all it is, is the demarcation point of the year, you know from one point until the, till the earth gets all the way around the rotation of the sun to get back to the same spot, that's a full year. But there are no you know, demarcation points of months in terms of the sun. The demarcation point of months, and there being a significance to 30 days or 29 and some odd days, that's based on the lunar year. That's based on the lunar idea. So every month, the moon goes through its cycle. The fact that the entire month of Adar is being defined based on the Yontif of Purim, Ar-Kedekach da'amish Adar is <laughs> ready marvin Bisemcha, it already tells us that the Yantiv of Adr is going to be a Yantif that's related to the moon. That it's befrat the celebration of the moon. And because of that, since it's a moon celebration, it's already Mishanich the entire month, which is a, a lunar cycle, is affected by that. Now this relationship between the moon and the Yantiv of perm is not, uh, uh, we do find this. For example, obviously the, the hero of Perm, one of the heroes of perm is Esther. The the name Esther, we just she's, her name was Esther, but the word Esther comes from the word Tshiharas Tahara, which means a moon, She means a moon. So her name in in, in, in Persian and Aramaic and so on means moon, means moon. So okay. Esther Malka already means moon. The Yontif of the Perm is a moon. The of, that the entire month of Adar is is affected by it. Also, for example, I mentioned that you know uh, we have such an idea. It's called Shushan Perm, right? The fifteenth day of, of of Adar. That's the uh, that's the term for cities that are walled, where they had a walled city from the time of who? Of Yeshua Benon, right? Why Yeshua Benon? So uh, famous Rishalmi, right? Really, it should be from the time of Shushan. That's when the miracle took place in the city of Shushan. But in that case, Yerushalayim, at that point, the walls were destroyed, it would have been left out, it would have not have been considered a walled city. So Chazal, the Nevi'im, you know, sort of to make sure that Yerushalayim is part of that status of a walled city, so they pulled the date back, not from Shushan, but going back to a time when Yishlaim has a wall. When does Yishlaim have a wall? Well, Yishlaim had a wall already just you know, 70 years earlier. It had a wall from the times of the, the first base of the Mikdash. But the demarcation point that they pulled back to was from the times of Yeshua Ben-Nun. Chazal say regarding Yeshua Ben-Nun and his relationship to Meishu Rabbeinu is P'nei Moishah Chama, that is compared to the sun, and Yeshua Ben-Nun is compared to the moon. And so the Indian of Purim, which is uh, Yontif, that's celebrating the moon, it's the Indian of the moon, Sihara, and Davka Shushan Purim is the 15th of the month, which is called Sihara Bishlimus, so the moon in its fullness, right? Beginning of the month it's nothing, and it becomes a full moon at the 15th day. So Davka Shushan Purim, which is the Yontif, this type of Purim which is celebrating Davka the day that the moon is full, is pulled back to Yeshua Benun, that's the demarcation point, to define a city as being worthy of, Shushan perm whose face is like the moon. So this Indian of perm again, we see this Indian that perm is related to the moon, that it's the simcha of the moon. The moon is besimcha. Now <clears throat> the moon, why does the moon need to be happy? What's 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 uh, what's bothering the moon so much? Well, what's bo- what bothers the moon goes back to the very beginning of creation, the story that we know that in the beginning the Rebbeinu made the world in such a way it should have been sakdoilum, the sun and the moon should be should be the same size, the same way, in, in, in a state of union. Because so, you know, Again, the moon complained, <laughs> the moon was diminished, and because of that, the moon has some agmas nefesh. So the yantav HaPurim is the yantav that's celebrating the moon, it's a simch of the moon, which means on some level the moon is going to be able, on the yantav to retain its status of kipnei Chama, to become more like the sun. So you have to investigate that, you have to figure out what exactly does that mean, what does it mean the moon mean diminished the tsar of the moon and what is Adar, what is Purim, fix that. Okay, that's Aleph. Days. I mentioned that uh, that every Yantif has a particular date. Now what's ironic, what's amazing, one of the biggest pellas about Purim is that there is no specific date. It depends where you live, right? If you live in an open city, so Perm is the 14th. If you live in a walled city, it's uh, the 15th, Shushan Purim. Now what's interesting is, it's okay, I guess if we, you know, we wrap our heads around it. we're used to it, so there's two different dates, depending on where you live. Okay, it's an interesting thing. But the truth is we find in Chazal that not only, like if you're an open city person, if you're a New Yorker, then it's the 14th. And then Shushan Purim is completely irrelevant to you. And if you're Yerushalayim Dekar and you live in a walled city from the times of Yishu Benun, then Purim is Shushan Purim, and Yodalit is irrelevant. That's not really true. The Yontif of perm has to be seen as a Yontif that has both of these days, and they complete each other on some level. Even in halacha, we find such an idea. The halacha is that it's Rishalmi. The Rishalmi, the Rishalmi says, Ben Krakh, if you have a person that lives in a walled city, and so his perm should be Shushan perm. But whatever the case may be, he happens to make a mistake, and he reads the Megillah, and he keeps perm on the 14th. So says the Rishalmi, he's the Yavr, he's the now that already means that even people that are Shushan Purim Deke people, they have to recognize the 14th is also being a Yantiv. Maybe not. It's not the way it should be, they should keep Shushan Purim, but if Bediyev, they kept the other Yantiv, no, they're to Which means already Shushan Purim recognizes regular 14th of Purim. And the same thing is the opposite. Four, uh, 14th, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Purim of, of Prasim, of open cities, which is the 14th, is Shushan Purim to us nothing. No, it's not nothing. There's a lot of sadiq can bring down as uh, tons of mar um, about this and sources. Uh, sources that talk about this, even in chazal, there's hints to this as well. That shushan perm is a big day. Shushan perm is a big day, and even those that, that are that are fourteen other perm dickers like open cities. <laughs> they still have to recognize Shushan Perm as being significant. Not just that you don't say Tachnun and so on. But even uh, some level of Simchas Yantif exists on Shushan Perm as well. And so the way to think of Purim in terms of 14 and 15 are not like, okay, there's only one Purim. Happens to be if you uh, if you're in the walled city, then it's the 15th and you're open city, it's the 14th. No, no, no. There's a recognition. Each side recognizes the other. Shushan Perm recognizes the 14th day of Purim as, as perm, And the 14th day of Purim recognizes Shushan Perm as Purim as well. And so this, <coughs> this is something that we need to, we need to figure out. The truth is, it needs explanation, it needs explanation, because the definition of Purim in the Megillah is, the Pasuk says, it's the day, Purim, whatever, whenever Purim is, it's, it's supposed to be the day that that particular community rested from conflict, you know, as we fought against the Amalekim, against our enemies, the day before Purim, and the day that we commemorate as Purim is the day of Venukha, it's a day of peace, it's of tranquility, that's why it's celebrated. If it's an open city, they fought the wars against the enemies on the 13th, and they rested on the 14th. And if it's a walled city like Shushan, they continued fighting on the 14th, and they rested on the 15th. So whatever the day of Menuchah is, that's the day of Purim. So again, if you tell me that fourteen, the, day, the, you know, the open cities only recognize the 14th, and walled cities only recognize the 15th, okay, fine, because each, each uh, period, each uh, community, each type of city had its day of rest at a different point. But once you're telling me in halacha and in the way that Klal Yisrael Firzach, the way we're nayig, the way we the way we uh, celebrate perm, is that even even open cities recognize Shushan perm, and walled cities recognize regular perm, fourteenth of perm. So so what's going on? I I thought the definition of perm is the day of menucha. So why would why would Shushan perm recognize the fourteenth as a yontif if that was not the day of menucha yet? And why would the 14th recognize the 15th day of Perm if that wasn't their day of Menuchah either? Menuchah means the day that you, that you now rest. That's, you know, they're, they're, they're done resting. They're, it's finished, right? So, so it must be on some level that the Yantav of Perm is incomplete unless you have these two sides complementing each other regular Perm and Shushan Perm. And since we have to figure out what that is. What exactly is this Indian of Perm that requires these two dates? And what is it in particular about walled cities? I, I, you know, listen, I, again, like I said, you know, if we were there, I don't know if we would come up with that, that Nakuda. Like, okay, Shushan had its union, Shushan had its Indian, that it continued fighting, and uh, it had, its day of rest was the 15th. And because of that, Chazal defined, okay, now every walled city, that, that's the quality, that's how Chazal defined, that's how they saw the, the uniqueness of the city of Shushan, and the fact that it had a wall. Uh, and from the times of Yeshu as I mentioned before, what is? How do we understand this? How do we how do we put this together? What is perm that you need both the fourteenth and the fifteenth to come together? So those are the two hours. We have the Yontif of perm being a Yontif that's about the moon, and this Indian of regular perm and Shushan perm. <clears throat> Say it again. Permisholish, right? such a thing, right? Exactly. It was last year, right? One final question. The, um, we know Chazal say that, uh, it's based on a Pesach in Mikil Sester, Chazal say a famous line, Hader which means that from the times of Harsinai, so we said Nasev Nishma, but we also know that there was a little part of us that uh, was, not, was a little bit hesitant in our accepting the Torah. Kach, that famously Chazal say, or, to hold the mountain over our heads. And so Chazal say that ever since that point, we accepted the Torah, but there was something, there was something missing in our Kabbalah. And it's, uh, the, the way to understand that is if it's not just a matter of, you know, the Torah was given to us and there was a part of us that lacked acceptance. If there's a part of us that lacks acceptance, it means there's a part of the Torah that wasn't given. It's a relationship. It's like a marriage. It's like a... It's a bond between people. If one person is closed, it means to that extent the relationship doesn't exist. So Torah is, is a bond, is a relationship. So to whatever degree we were shut off and we were not accepting, to that degree the Torah was not given. says the Gemara until Purim, because of the Havas and Ace, because of the miracle of Purim, the Jewish people fully accepted the Torah, and whatever issue was holding us back, was holding us back by Har Sinai, was removed, and we were able to fully accept it. Okay. Now, the fact that Hadr Kibub Mechashvish, the fact that we fully accepted Harsinai, and whatever that issue was, was removed, it can't just be a coincidence that the miracle that removed that was revolving around getting rid of Amalek, Mechias Amalek. If the perm is the Yontif that's revolving around our enemy Amalek and our victory over Amalek, and so it must be that it was Amalek from the very beginning that was creating that mania, creating that <coughs> obstacle, that barrier between us and a full acceptance of Torah. And now when you have, and we, we, you do find this already, right? That Amalek's first appearance is already, you know, after we left Mitzrayim, comes to block us from Harsinah. And the context of us coming to Harsinah, as we know, is uh, that we're coming from that struggle with Amalek. Which means that the inn of Amalek, there's something about Amalek which holds the Jewish people back from fully accepting the Torah. And in order to fully accept the Tyra, we have to overcome that clip of a malik. and so if we could define for ourselves better what exactly the aspect of Tyra was that we were bothered by, that we were holding ourselves back from accepting, that'll give us a better clear, a clear understanding of what a malik is about, and because that 's going to be the nakud, right because again, whatever a malik is, that, that Indian of a malik is holding us back from accepting that aspect of Tyra. Purim comes to remove Amalek. Now we could fully accept Tyra properly. So what was it about Tyra that we weren't fully, that we f- weren't fully uh, on board with already from the beginning of our Sinai? In other words, what aspect of Torah is Amalek coming to hold us back from fully accepting? So there's a well-known Chazal. This is, this is not in my chiddush. Uh, this is already from the Medrash Tan It's well-known. We'll just explain it. <coughs> the Medrash says that there's two parts of Tyra, as we know. There's Tarshvach Sav and Torah peh says the Madras, Tarshav the Jewish people had no problem. That was never an issue. Nasav was fully 100% for Tarshav Echzav. Tarsh however, the oral Torah that already is not so poshid. The Jewish people, Tarsh pe is difficult, it's hard, that takes a lot of Messir's Nefesh, a lot of acceptance, mm-hmm. and that the Jewish people were unwilling to fully embrace. Until Hadar Kibbuto until Purim comes, and we overcome Amalek, and because of the experience of us overcoming Malka and then, now we fully accept—not just Tar, we fully accept Tarsh Palpeh, which means <clears throat> that it's, there's something about Tarsh Palpeh that a comes and whispers in our ear. You can't, you can't, you can't get it. Like Tarsh Palpeh is too hard. Tarsh Palpeh is too hard. And a is the Menia. A is uh, is the obstacle, not just Tam. A is the obstacle specifically for a Jewish person accepting full heartedly Tarsh Palpeh. And from the very beginning, that's what a was about. And even though Amalek wasn't successful in holding us back, Baruch Hashem, from, from receiving Tarshbalpa, but they, they were successful to a certain degree to hold us back from accepting it be And it had to be forced upon us, which means already there was some lack of acceptance. Comes Purim, and we're able to overcome Amolek with the of Purim. Now we can fully embrace Tarshbalpa. So we have this Indian that Amolek in particular is the Klipa that holds us back from Tarshbalpa Now to to. Two points, two horrors to make on that. First of all, what does it mean that we accept the Tarsh Sav not Tarshbal Peth? How is it is is a very simple question. How can you have Tarsh Sav without Tarshbalpeh? I, mean, uh, you know, with I mean, you know, with Tarsh Sav, I mean you have other religions that just have Tarzh Sav and they just simply they just they, they just simply ignore Psukim. They just ignore ideas. They're not asking the obvious questions of what are what are what does that mean? So it's not possible to have Tarsh sav without Tarsh Bal Peth. So what does it mean to to accept tarshavchsav and not tarshbalpeh? That's aleph. So it must be that when we talk about tarshbalpeh, we're talking about something in a much broader sense than just technically the oral tradition to explain Sukk'im. because you can't you can't have Sukk'im without that oral tradition. So what does what does it mean then that it, what aspect? What's the bechin of tarshbalpeh that the Jewish people are unable to accept as long as Amalek is there, and once we get rid of Amalek, this in the tarshbalpeh we're able to accept. <clears throat> That's number one. Number two. If a molik is coming specifically to hold us back from whatever this Indian of Tarash is, it must be related back to how the Chumash describes the, the effect of a Amalek upon us. It says in Pasuk, in, in Parshas Beshalach, when Amalek attacked us, Amalek physically attacks us, but it comes because we ourselves were, you know, sort of in Amalek mindset. And the, the pasuk says that we were in the place of, uh, you know, place of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of rafidim, and so on. The pasuk says that the Jewish people began to ask began to ask the following question: "Hayesh Hashem Is Hashem with us or not?" Hayesh And Chazal say, "Oh, you asking such a question? That's an amolik okay. To ask such a question, Hayesh Hashem is an amolik question. Is Hashem with you or not?" Okay, so you read, and, and that's why Amalek attacks. Amalek attacks, because we already brought Amalek into our heads. So, in other words, the, the, so the Pasuk is defining for us that the of the, the 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 issue of Amalek is that question, is Hashem with us or not? Now, what we what we just established, however, as well, is that Amalek equals a lack of accepting of Tarshbal Peh. Which means that that question of Ha'yeshe which is Amalek... That question must be a question that stops a person from accepting Tarshval So, again, we have to figure all this out. That somehow, again, this inner Tarshval Peh must be deeply connected to that question of Ayesha M'Kiru If a person even asking that question, is Hashem with us or not, means that you're not going to be able to accept Tarshval Peh. To accept Tarshval that question has to be irrelevant. So you have to define for the, ourselves what that is. What, why, why is Tashbal Peh, Again, what does Tashbal Peh mean in this context? How is it, how is it, unable to be accepted if you ask that question of Ayesha Merkubinu Mayan? And I guess on a on a larger scale, what does that question mean? What does it mean, Ayesha What does that mean? Is Hashem with us or not? Everyone, you know, even even Rashi brings down from Chazal. says, like, you know, you are eating, eating the man, you are chewing on man, right? <laughs> surrounded by the Kavit, and you are asking Is Hashem with you or not? Like, how is it even possible? The truth is the Zohar Kavish already comments on this. And the Zohar says a phenomenal thing. The Zohar says that the question of the problem with the question was not so much the question. The question makes sense. The question makes sense. The Zohar says the problem is what they should have realized is that it's both. It's both. And also I. Hashem is with you and He's also not with you. And that was the mistake of the Jewish people to think that it's an all or nothing type of question. It's an op- the options are, Hashem is with us or He's not with us. The question is fine. The, the, those, the, 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 the question is not fine. The, the, it, it's logical. The problem is that it's both true. Okay, so, fine. Those are all the problems. <laughs> we'll uh, try to begin to have an answer. Okay. From the time that we're very little and we're introduced to life and to Yiddishkeit, there's a certain... Uh, there's a certain uh, formula, I guess you can say, that we're used to thinking of. And when you first think about it, it's certainly mm-hmm. not wrong. It, it makes a lot of sense to think of it like mm-hmm. this. But it's uh, Tzvam, shamolek, tzvam shamolek. So Tzvam what I mean. So we're taught, we're taught the following idea, is that there's such a thing as avoida, and there's such a thing as tahlas. Avoidah versus tahlas, what I mean. Avoid the versus Tachlis means the following thing, is that a person is, is in, put in a position, you're born into the world, and, uh, and uh, you're raw, you know, you're, you're underdeveloped, underdeveloped. There's a Tachlis, there's a goal, there's a place that you have to reach. That place that you have to reach is a place of the You have to get to the Rabbanu Shlom. You have to get to a place, get to a place of Elikos. You have to get to a place of divinity. You have to get to a place of Kedusha. You have to get to a place of Menucha. Right? You have to get to that place that's called Shabbos, you know, that place that's called holy, that place that's called, that's called tahlas. the place that's called Echad. But you're not there, you're not there. So a person therefore has no choice but to be an Ovid. You have to work, you have to work, you have to work and you have to accomplish, you have to fight battles in order to eventually get to that place that's called Tachos. There's, there's, there's a space there's a space, there's a time period, there's a, a Bechina, that's called avoida that's called work. And then there's a place that's called Tachlis, that's called the place to get to, that's called the, the destination. Okay? Kali Yisraeli, trying we're in the mid, we're trying to get to the destination, Eretz Yisrael. And Eilam Haz is daim B'la Proizda, right? Everyone has heard this, and uh, some of you have been, you know, triggered by these things. Eilam Haz is Dain B'la Proizda, this world is called a uh, prize there's a hallway, whatever it is. Yeah, in order to get to... Uh, to the tachlis, which is the uh, you know the banquet hall, whatever it is the yilum So there's a and then there's tachlis. Uh, so that's okay. That's okay to believe, if the distance between the place of avaida and the place of tachlis is not too far. It's not too far if you could see it from a distance, so to speak, right? If you could imagine, it's like, okay, you know what? If I put in a few years or I put in even a little bit more than a few years and I'll get to that place of Tachlis, then fine. Then I could, I could, I could, uh, I could handle, you know, if I could see the carrot dangling in front of me, then I could put in the work to get there. I could have a vaidah, and I could put in years of a voidah in order to get to Tachlis, as long as that Tachlis is, first of all, within, re- within, within my sight and in the very least within my possible ability to reach so even if I don't see it, if I can at least know that I can get there, that's already mm-hmm. uh, 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 an end zone, a goal that is conceptually within reach. That's called Tarshevichsav. That's called Tarshevichsav. I mentioned before that the Jewish people again, we were offered in our There's two aside. There's Tarshevichsav and Tarshevalpeh. Yes, it doesn't mean Tarshevichsav without Tarshevalpeh. You can So it doesn't mean any any Obviously, needs its explanation. But when I when we say tarshav echsav without tarshbal peh, it means, of course, it means oral explanations. Again, otherwise you can't open a putznik chumish. But it means a yiddishkeit where the goal, the tachlis, the place of Menuchah, the place of the place of achdos, the place of elikus, the, the place where you can sit back, list aneg al Hashem, and truly derive pleasure and and and, and, uh, and ecstasy in the in the uh, in the aura of the divine presence that you've reached is within reach. It's possible. Tarshvah Sav is something that's Munach Bekerin Zavis, Chazal Velosh, like that. Tarshvah is sitting in the corner. Anyone wants to get it, you can come get it. It's the, it's misuyim. There's only so many words in Tarshvah Sav. It might be a lot of words, but it's only so many. And the basic, ter, and the basic explanations of Tarshvah el to explain what Tarshvah means, it doesn't just mean the book. It means a, a Yiddishkeit that is mesuyim, a Yiddishkeit that is finite, a Yiddishkeit that, that has an end to it. And you could be and if you start from Bracious, so because I know if I you know, again, with enough pages and enough Shnei mikra over enough weeks, I'll get to Vizaisabrach. It's a hard Mahalach, but I know I can get there. I, I see the end. So if I know from the very beginning that the end is reachable and it's and it's practical and I see it, I can put in the work to get there. But what does it mean a Yiddishkeit of Tarshbal Tarshbalpeth doesn't again doesn't just mean the, 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 the oral explanations of Tarsh Tarshbalp, the Bechina of Tarshbalpeh means endless. It means endless. Tarshbal peh means that there is always a deeper explanation to anything that you are learning, right? Which means that what you are learning, you might thought you might you, you you might have thought it was tachlis. You might have thought that, that was the end. It's, it's not the end. There is more and more layers to it. This is true in learning, and there is also a Yiddish that's tarshbal pedik. A Yiddish that's tarshbal pedik is a Yiddish guide that which is about reaching the rabbanish and getting to the rabbanish shloim. The rabbanish ain't saif. In other words. What's, you know how, how is God appearing to us in Yiddishkeit? Is He appearing to us as a God that's reachable? Or is He appearing to us as a God that's unreachable? Tarash the Jewish people accepting only Tarash means the Rabbani Shalom coming to us and being offered to us as a God that's reachable. Hard. It's a mahalach. It'll take 120 years. But you can get there. It's a it's, 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 it's misoyim. Just like Tarash is is finite, the Rabbani as he would have been accepted and, and, and given to us, so to speak, in a world where there was just Tarsh B'chisav, it means a God that's reachable. So it means a, there is a certain point, in a, 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 not a subjective, but an objective point of where this is where the Rabbanish. is, that Tachlis, that is the Gvul of Eretz Yisrael. You go over this line, that means you're in a state of Menucha. You've hit the Rabbanish Okay, so I could get there. Tarsh peh means Rabbanu Shalom is not, exp- not being offered to us with Tarsh peh. He's not being offered to us in such a finite way. He's being offered to us as Ein Saif, as the infinite God. An infinite God means that as far deep as you go, there's always going to be more layers. And so where is that point where you can say objectively, I've reached the point of Menucha? It's impossible. It's impossible. And so this is what the Jewish people are being held back by when they're being offered Tarsh peh. Because Tarshbel means a life of where it, 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 it's an endless search and you're never going to get there. It's a, the, 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 the carrot is always going to be beyond reach. <clears throat> this, this ultimately is what Amalek whispers in the Jewish people's ears, which are, you, you're getting yourself involved in a program that you're always trying to get to a tachlis and you're never going to get there. It's just impossible. Because philosophically, it's impossible. And because of that, this is why the question of Hayesha Hashem Be'Kiobainu Moyen. Is Hashem with us or not? What's the question? Not like, is it, are we there yet? <laughs> like every kid asks the, from the back seat, are we there yet? That's HaYishem HaKibbei Moyan. Now the kid asks that, he doesn't mean, you know, again, uh, sometimes the kid asks that honestly, he wants to know, are we there yet? When the Jewish people asked HaYishem HaKibbei they weren't fetching, are we there yet? They're asking legitimately, are we there yet? That's a Amalekdik. Why? Because that's, an, that's a question that will result in Yish. And it will result in just giving up if you are then given a, a world of tarshbal If you're asking the question of aishem berkevina in other words, are we there yet? And you know, there's a place of of tachlis of of destination. And the question is, how do I get there? When are we going to get there? And so on. That's the, if that point of destination is impossible to get there. That, that that's not the, you can't you can't even begin the process. So the Jewish people. Thinking in terms of means that they can't accept tarshbalpeh, and if they have tarshbalpeh, it has to be forced upon them. This is why Haman, for example, which is a, you know coming you know Amalek two point is Haman. So Haman in the Megillah, even when he's given everything, so he always has this in his his version in Klippa of and the cholzayin right. He says everything. His whole, all of his accomplishments, his wife, his children, his wealth, his power, all being paraded in front of him. He says his mom is nothing. It's nothing to me as long as Mordechai Yehuda is there and he's not bowing down to me. There's always that thing that he's not that 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 is beyond his reach and he's not satisfied by. This is a. This is a. This is a. a this is a bubbling from that Klepa of a in its most subtle form of Vayeshev. In Haman's life, it emerges as always happening. Sort of, he he establishes a carrot that's impossible, right? So you can say, Haman, what are you making yourself crazy for? It's impossible. Mordechai is stubborn. He's not. He's not going to bow down to you. But to Haman, he's dafka picking something that's the impossibility. Think about it. He wants to destroy the Jewish people. Haman is, Chazal say about Haman, Less man the other Lishna Bisha coming. No one knew Lash Har like Haman. Haman wasn't a sophisticated person, he wasn't Stam, a Russia. It was Mislabish within him, the Sitra achra Amish. He was an evil incarnate. And Haman understood the power and the significance of the Jewish people. And he's planning something that's something he knows is an impossibility. Lahashma Lal and more than that, right? even his great descendant, you know, it's it's, it's a mishogah yoy So what's Haman doing? What's Haman doing? He's planning something that's an impossibility. I you know, said so that itself is the clip of Haman, right? The whole clip of a is that there's a plan, there's a avoida, there's a certain taqlis, and that taqlis is impossible to reach. But yet that becomes my goal. And then and then what happens? Of course, I fall into yish. What, what, I, I picked something that's an impossibility. Haman, why why are you making Mordechai your tachlis, and why are you making the Jewish people's destruction your tachlis, and why are you making the Jewish people's destruction but yom your tachlis? The, 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 you're making it harder for yourself. The answer is because again, Haman is just a reemergence of this basic, which sounds like a very truthful and honest question of Are we there yet? And the answer is well, I can handle the question and and being told in a couple hours if it's, and that's the Torah But if you tell me, if you tell the kids in the back seat, yeah, yeah, we we're, we're we're in the car forever. Like, we're car people now. So, like, the kids are going to lose their mind. It doesn't work like that, right? It can't, can't, can't be worth it. You're telling me something that's impossible. So, so then it falls apart. So, he falls into Yish. So, what? So, so this is a problem. So, how how is it possible? So, you see, so how is it possible to remove this obstacle? Where, in order to get to a Tachlis, in order to get to a Tachlis, mm-hmm. in other words, Yiddish demands of us, Rabbi Hashim demands of us to move forward. To move forward, you have to have a destination in sight. But if the destination is Teresh Pedic, that means that there, there is no destination ultimately. Not only, by the way, philosophically speaking, more than that, not only is there a lack of motivation if it's forever, but then where are you going also? Like, where are you going? <laughs> it's a, just driving in circles forever, so I might as well just not, not drive, and, you know, what am I doing? So a destination which is Ain Saif is not a destination already. So what's the So why not? Why not just stay right here? So that's what Amalek says. Just stay, stay put. Like, where are you going? The hands become weak. The hands become weak. There's there's a lack of motivation. Both in terms of I have no, like I, I'm never going to be able to get there. And conceptually, what? Where am I going anyway? Where am I going? So what's so what's the answer to this? So perm is the answer. Perm is the answer. Is the answer, and specifically with Yodalad and Tezvav. Why? So, this is the aside that I mentioned before. I think I mentioned this at a few play, a few Fabrangis, I think it was, Grad. It's a Farbrengens, I guess. So, uh, you know, I guess we had a nickname before, so let's see where you'd uh, say. There's a claw by Prima Satira and it's called the claw the of Erechen. Relativity. Relativity. What does Erechen mean? Amalek is right. Tarshvalpa is correct. See, there is no, the truth is as follows. I'll try to try to put it as simply as possible. There is no abstract, or not, not, there is no objective demarcation point in the world or spiritually speaking to say, oh, that's where the Shalom is. And until that point, you're now in a void mode. You're now in working mode, and when you get you cross over that threshold, and now you're in the place of Helikus, oh now you can now it's a state of minucha. That's the way we were thinking, and just tarsh bal pushes that line to infinity. That whole notion is mistaken. The rabbanu Shlom, there is no point, there is no line that that's what the rabbanu Shlom is, and not before. The truth is, the truth is, who the rabbanu Shlom is, is never possible to reach the essence of God is always beyond our reach. And that's true. That's true. We say on Shabbos morning, I have mentioned this before, we say on Shabbos morning, we add into the brachas of, of Kriyishma, in <laughs> we say, there is none like you. There is no one to compare you to. There is nothing other than you. Th- those statements are not just saying, God, like you're amazing. Th- that's saying that, that the, act- the, the essence of God is, 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 is not anywhere that you go to to find. That's true. But here's what's the amazing thing. That doesn't mean the essence of God is somewhere beyond the rainbow, beyond the horizon, beyond somewhere we can reach. It means that God, God's essence is truly everywhere. That's what it means. We say by davening again, we say this every, every morning, Atu, Atshon, Nivro'aylam, Atu, of Hashem. You are the same God, you are the same way before creation as you are after creation. Really? Before creation, all there was was you, and now there's a lot of other things. So doesn't that mean that you uh, moved over to allow things to take space? Hashem moved over to a certain degree in terms of Him being able to be experienced. Hashem's presence moved over. But who God is? God fills everything just now as He did before. And so... The, 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 where we're trying to reach is not God. And before that line, we don't reach God. God is everywhere. The essence of God is everywhere. Which means that any. Now, this is the conceptual next step. Which means that wherever you are, God is equally there. He's equally present every single space that you're in, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Which means that every single every single point that you're in can be a tachlis. It can be a tachlis. But at the same time, it's also a place of avayda. It's also a place of avayda. In other words, what is our avayda? What is our job in this world if God fills everything? If God is the same as he was always? The answer is the purpose of our life is in order to work, in order to allow ourselves to try to experience to whatever degree the light of Hashem in that place. But that place that we try to experience God in is in truth a place of work. That's a place that we're trying to work to try to, find, to, to, try to reach Hashem. But it's also a place of absolute tachlis. That's also the destination itself. The God that you're finding in any particular, any particular level of your spiritual growth is God. God is not divided into many pl- pieces and places and say, well, no, he's over there, and you have to work in order to get there. You have to work in order to find him. But whatever degree of finding that you accomplish is God. The Rabani Shalom is Echad am yuchad, an absolutely one, indivisible, ind- indivisible reality. Which means, like the Balatanya famously famously says, if you, you know. If you're hugging the king, it could be with a bunch of coats, you know what I mean, between you and the king, but you're still hugging the king. A, the Baal Shentif said that a, a piece of their Shalom is all of their Shalom. In other words, the Yiddishkeit, the, the concept of Erechon means the following thing that everything is therefore relative. Everything is relative. To one person, the experience that they're having might be an experience of tahlus. Ah, oh, they found God. And they're 100% right. Because the madriga that they're on right now, at that 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 point in their life, the the level of of experience of of menucha, the level of experience of tranquility, of peace, of, of feeling whole with the rabbanu shlolem, is a hundred percent true. Because what, what to whatever degree that they're feeling, that, that's the rabbanu Shlom. And then you have another person who is on a different stage, a different level of avayda. and to that person, he looks. He looks down and says to the earlier stage, Nah, that that wasn't Tachlis. That wasn't Tachlis. And he gets to another, this is Tachlis. And he's also, he's also right. Every single step along the way can be seen as a place of avoida and also a place of Minuch. Because whatever degree of, 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 of attachment to Hashem that you find in your particular life, in your particular level of, of Ruchnius, that you, 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 you gain that through your Avaidah and you reach that destination. What, what, Erechen means that, what's, that, that the, the, the place of Menucha to one person might not be the place of Menucha to another Jew. But that doesn't take away the fact that it's 100% Menucha. It's true. So, because again, it's, there, there is no objective place that the Rabbani Shalom is at, and you're sort of, you know, you know you're making this mistake, like, so it was like this, if, if, if the Rabbani Shalom is 100 miles away, so to speak, and you know, whatever, make a joke like that, if there's an objective, sub, you know, a, a place, okay, he's 100 miles away. So even, so if I, if, if between me and that 100 miles, if along the way I feel, I think, and i and i you know uh, I have the feeling that i'm i've hit it i've reached their bunshume that's just a mistake it's just not true their abundance is 100 miles away and i'm, on, I'm only i'm, on, I'm only uh, mile 2 but because their abundance is not 100 miles away their abundance is everywhere the bunshume is everywhere and what is life about life is about continuing on and working and working and working to discover more layers of that god but every layer of that god is god every layer of that god is is is, is, is the truth Every layer of that God is, is the essence Is an expression of who the Rabbani is These are just layers of us becoming of, of our ability to experience that God But who that God is To whatever degree you're experiencing Is the truth And so as you move along in your life So there's a certain point in life Now I'm working, I'm a mamish working And then you hit a plateau of Like, oh, I found the Rabbani Shalom I know the Rabbani Shalom I've met him, I feel close to him I'm, uh, Everything makes sense to me It's gewaldek and then what happens? Then you move on to the next madrig and you realize, no, 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 I, I have to work hard, I have to work harder. That, I, I, the, the menuchah all of a sudden became not menuchah. Because there's another layer that I have to reach. That didn't mean that it was a mistake at the time. It didn't mean that the menuchah that you felt at the time was just a mistake and an illusion, and you realize, no, 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 I, I didn't realize that there was more layers. Every layer that you reach, is truth every layer that you reach is a state of menucha? You can have something that is menucha, but then relative to deeper layers, it's not menucha. But the deeper layers, the deeper layers of avayda that's required doesn't negate the significance of the menucha that you experienced in earlier layers of that of the, uh, in, in earlier layers. That's what that's what erichin means. Everything is relative. The Avoida, the the of a benini, for example, the menucha of a, of a simple Jew, right, is still, is still a, it, it, that's still a layer that, that, that is considered avoida for the tzaddik. But that doesn't mean that the tzaddik looks at the beini and says, like, you're ma'amish mamish fooling yourself. No, no, no. When the beini says, wow, I'm ma'amish, I'm in Ganeidin. And the tzaddik says, that's gan that's, that's still Gehenna. It's, they're both true. They're both right. They're both right. The, the, the beini, when he's experiencing his level of Ganeidin in that madrega it means that to his that he just peeled over and he's just experiencing a certain layer of the burnishulum's presence in that in that strata that he's in and a layer of the Rabbanu, a piece of the burnishulum is the burnishulum and that's true and the tzaddik, who is a little bit more sensitive who needs who's compelled to go deeper so he's unsatisfied with that level of divinity and he and he wants to go deeper into the burnishulum so to him what, was con- what is Menucha to the Baini is still is considered to be a, a, a state of warfare. It's still, it's still a battleground, it's still Ganam, it's still avoida, But that doesn't take away from the truth of that state being Menucha for the Baini. And it also doesn't take away the truth from there being some level of Menucha for the Tzaddik too. So there is this idea, so, so in other words, the way to overcome, let's put it this way, the way to overcome this Meniyah, of accepting a Yiddishkeit and accepting a God that's infinite is by really realizing this truth is that the Rabbanu Shalom is everywhere and nowhere at the same time. The God that you're looking for, you have to always keep on looking because God's infinite. That's Tarash Balpah. But He's also but all but every layer that you come in contact with and every layer that you fully perceive and you fully integrate into your spiritual consciousness is also Tachlis. It's also manuha. That's also the Rabbanu Shalom. He's not being divided into many pieces. Everything is relative. Everything is, is a step along the way in that process of discovering deeper layers of one single God. And so the tzaddik and the baini are both looking, they're both investigating, and they both at different stages in their investigation, in their search, feel a, state of, feel a level of minucha. And they're both right. And they're both right. What's minucha to the baini is looked at as still the arena of avayda by the tzaddik, but they're both right. They're both true. And so every layer of Avodah, in other words, tachlis, it means that every layer, every level of, of Yiddishkeit that we, that we, that we you know, muster up strength in order to reach to, even if we know, going in, that there's going to be more layers beyond that, it doesn't take away from the fact that that, that place that we are trying to reach is also a state of Minucha. Despite the fact that in a second later, it'll be redefined as a state of Avodah. And that's okay. That's okay. Because, that's the, because it means that, that what, what is until... What, everything that's... Every, every area that's still, that's still not there is on a certain level there. And every layer that's considered to be there relative to the next layer is not there yet. And that's okay. Because ultimately, we're all working within one sphere, which is the Rabbana universe. And we're just trying all together to dig deeper into that and to try to experience this God that's in front of us all, the, the same God is, 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 is saturating every single one of our lives on all layers. And, and every single layer that we investigate, that we sort of uh, develop the ability to connect to, that's cool to experience the Rebbe Hashem 100%. When you have Arizal himself, Rashim Ba'echai himself, and he says, Baruch Hashem, Shehakol And you have a, a four-year-old kid that says a shahakal, and they're both talking to Hashem. They're both talking to Hashem. It's the same Rabbanishman that, that they're talking to. I, when the kid says, when, when you ask the four-year-old, who is Hashem? He says, Hashem is, uh, you know, Hashem is Hashem. To him, that's, that layer of explanation that he has in his mind of who God is, that's Benucha. That's it. There's no, that's it. He hit, the, he, he hit the bottom. Like, that's, 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 that, that's God. The Arizal, and, uh, not even the Arizal, adults would say, no, no, no. You, the, what you think is the destination, you think that's Menucha, that's the voida. You have so many more layers to unpackage. That, the the the, the, maskana, the conclusion that you think you've reached, is it's still, still a Havamina. It's still, a, it's still a, a question that needs to be investigated further. But despite that, the kid is still 100% true when he says, God, he's talking to God. And when the Rizal on his level says God, and the Rizal felt that he reached his, uh, you know, maskana of who the is, the Navi would say, no, no, nah. nah, nah. Moshe Bain would say, there, there's more to go. And the Rabbana would say, even to Moshe Rabbein, there's more to go. Everyone there's layers to go. And at the same time, whatever layer you hit, and whatever layer you're able to uh, process within yourself, that's good. This is why perm is a yantif that's able, it's a yantif what, 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 the, the, the Let's put it this way. The whole yontif of a Perm is a yontif that's revolving around Achtos. It's revolving around unifying the Jewish people. The greatest way to unify the Jewish people is, is, is through this Nakuda. We're not undermining the different Madregas of Yidin. There's, bene, there's, there's, there's village Yidin, there's open city Yidin, there's walled city Yidin, there's all different types of Yidin. But it doesn't, and so we're not negating that. There's some Yidin that they're in a state of Menuchah already, and other Yidin will look at them and say, no, y- your no, sh- you're not even close. But it doesn't take away from the legitimacy and the truth of the menucha that the smaller yid feels. That's what perm is about. Perm is about this this inyan of being able to overcome that klipa, that question, that that uh, that, uh, that 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 that, that mania that stops you from accepting a yiddishkeit that's that's always that's always growing. This is why perm is also revolving around the survival of the Jewish people, the Jewish people being alive. In a spiritual sense, Yiddishkeit also, there's a difference between a dead Yiddishkeit, just, in other words, what Haman wants is a dead Yiddishkeit. He wants a dead mm-hmm. Jewish people and wants a dead Yiddishkeit. Perm is a celebration of a living Jewish people and a living Yiddishkeit. What does a dead Yiddishkeit mean? A dead Yiddishkeit means, das is das. It means a Tarsh bichsav. It means it's in its corner, X amount of letters, X amount of words. There's a particular destination, it's 100 miles away, it's far, but it's reachable. That's it. A living, breathing Yiddishkeit is a Yiddishkeit that's always moving, right? It's always moving. In other words, where, where is the, where's the line? Where's the goal? It's always changing. That's a simon of life, when things are constantly changing. The, the whole celebration of perm is to celebrate a living, breathing Yiddishkeit. I, how could I fully accept a living, breathing Yiddishkeit if that Yiddishkeit is in, if the goal, if the line is always impossible to reach? The answer is the very question of ayeshan berkevino is flawed. The Rebbeinu is with you and not with you at the same time, because wh- what you're looking for is 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 what you're looking for is is to experience God's essence, and to its ultimate degree, it's impossible. But because we're talking about God Himself. Not just a, a, a vision of God, but God Himself. That means God's indivisible, which means whatever degree of connection you do have is both incomplete and hundred percent perfect at the same time. Now, if this sounds like a paradox, well, guess what? That's what perm is about. Also, an right? Everything about perm is a paradox. What we're saying is that the revelation of perm is a revelation that that God is always beyond your reach and absolute. And but what, to whatever degree you think you've reached Him, you've actually reached Him. There's a lotion from the Zara Kavish that says the following thing, and this sums it all up. And the Zar says about the Rabbanishloilam that Ihu e toughest cool almen, the less man the toughest be. Listen to the words in English. God is grasped in all worlds, but no one grasps him. God is grasped in all worlds, but no one grasps him. Which one is it? It's both. If you're dealing, let's put it this way, more subtly. If you're dealing with the abstract you know, this uh, you know, uh, feeling of God's presence. So, okay, feelings can be, you know, uh, what level of feeling am I uh, trying to get to? But once you're dealing with God's essence, and God's essence is beyond, beyond anything we can conceptually understand anyway. We're talking about something that's ultimately infinite. So once you're dealing with that, then, then, any, then any, piece, any piece of experience that you have is ultimately limited but it's one hundred percent true at the same time. This is the site of Eirechim, and that's what perm is about. Let's go back. And so this is the this is the key. This is why again perm the yont of perm, celebrating the survival, the live, the 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 the, the living, the livingness, the, the 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 life of the Jewish people, which means the life of of Tyra, the Yiddishkeit, and God is alive. Kel Chai What does it mean that we say the abundance was all, a living God? Right? Hashem. What, what does it mean, a living God? What does it mean? We say it all the time, a living God. The answer is Kel A living God means a God that's always beyond, that's always changing. Like on Sunday I thought God was over there, and I thought he was attainable, and I thought if I did a certain advaid on Sunday, I'll reach him. And that was true on Sunday. But all of a sudden, Monday comes, and all of a sudden, everything is different. And everything's shifted beneath me, and God's now farther beyond my reach. So what does that mean about Sunday? So Sunday was, the minuja of Sunday was no good? No, no, no. Sunday was minuja, but it was only Sunday. And now you're ready by Monday. And Monday means that Sunday was avodidik. And you weren't weren't there yet on Sunday. But now you're there on Monday. And guess what's going to be on Tuesday? Tuesday's going to be something's changing even more. But it doesn't take away from this. That's what Perm is, a celebration of, 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 of an ami israeletzchai and a kelchai. And the ability to therefore, because of this, to accept fully of Tarsh Balpeh. This is the site, let's go back very quickly. This is why, why Perm is a yantav that celebrates the moon. Because let's understand, the sun versus the moon, very much because without going into too many details, the sun always means, it always represents a destination. It means a destination, it means stability. It means, das is das, nothing's changing. Moshe Rabbeinu. When Moshe Rabbeinu is there, you have nothing to worry about. He's going to take care of everything. All of a sudden, what does Yeshu Benun mean? Ah, Yishu Benun means the moon. The moon means, not so pasher. It means avayda. It means going up, going down. Things that are imperfect, trying to work it out. The Talmud versus the Rebbe. The Rebbe is the one that has, conceptually, and the Talmud is always the one that's trying to reach. So the moon always feels incomplete. The, the, the very definition of moon is avoid, it means that you're searching for something. And what you're searching for is the sun. But comes Perm, and Perm says it's taka true, you're a moon. It means that you have to search. But don't but don't underestimate, but don't but don't make the following but you have to realize the following truth, which is that the, the area that you're searching is also tahlas. The same the God that you're looking for is also beneath the surface of where you are. Because even when you get to where you want, guess what? That's also an avoid is something else. So, if the destination that you're looking for is still a place of avoida for the next madrega, then guess what? Where you are is tachlis compared to madrega before you. Which means that wherever you are, you're both working and both in menucha at the same time. The God that you're looking for is the God that you've already found on some level. That's the secret of perm. So the ultimate ultimate simcha for the moon is the yontiv of perm. This is why Dafka again, like I said, it's Esther Hamalka, it's Mundik, Mishenich Nasa, the entire month, which is a, a lunar cycle, is besimcha is, is because of Perm. And every year it is able to finally embrace Avodah Hashem, knowing that you'll never get there, but you'll always be there at the same time. That's the yant of a Purim. That's the Ant of a Purim. This is why, let's go back quickly. This is the day of Shushan perm versus regular perm. So yes, one second. The day of Purim, you have Shushan, regular Purim is a day that the, the open cities are resting. And Shushan Purim looks at that day and says, Nah, nah, it's still Avaidah. Still got a lot of Amalekim to take care of. There's a lot of, of Avaida there. And they say, no, okay, fine. So we, we rest the next day. But yet Shushan Purim recognizes Adar, the 14th day of Adar. So how does that work? The answer is, that's the secret of Shushan Purim. The secret of Shushan Purim is that at the same time, I, um, I, um, I recognize that I still need more Avaida. But I'm still at the same time able to acknowledge that even in the avayda there was menucha. The fact that the tzaddik, that with Shushan Purim is on a higher pl- stage, in a higher plane of avayda, and what was considered to be the tachlis for the open cities, is still considered to be a work in progress for the big cities, that doesn't take away the big cities' ability to recognize that that was, that was tachlis for the small cities. That doesn't take it, away. it wasn't a mistake. What, there is no abstract demarcation point. That's where manucha is. It's always relative. It's always relative. And even shushan recognizes the manucha of the open city. And even the open city has to recognize the lack of manucha that the tzaddik sees in its madriga. And we and we recognize each other. This is why davka it's shushan Purim, that, that 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 is there to bring this point across. Because again, if you only had one day of Purim, okay, that would be the day of manucha finished. But all of a sudden, comes Shushan Perm and says, no, 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 the day of Menucha to you is still the Kalapi, the next Madriga. But that doesn't mean we're taking away from the truth of it being the day of Menucha. It's both true. It's Menucha and Molchama at the same time. That's the secret of Perm. The secret of Perm is that you can have one Yantif that's both a day of Menucha and a day of Molchama and it's all just relative. And they're both 100% true. Just relative to where you are. That's the secret of Perm. This is why... This is why, like I said, it's Tzavka Yishu Benun. And stafka the Indian of a walled city. Because a walled city means Minukha. It means you're protected. Das is das. Das is das. But the secret of perm is, is that even in that place that you would define as a place of Minukha, it's still also a place of Muhammad It's also a place of Muhammad And so th- this is this is the, the dynamic that's going on with perm. is that perm is incomplete unless there's this revelation of both sides at the same time. That you that the Yantav of perm is a day that that is That the same, the same day can be recognized as a day of Menucha for one, and a day of Molchama for another, and it's still celebrated equally by both. Because there is no true definition of what's Menucha and what's Molchama. It's all relative. And whatever degree of Molchama you're in, it's, it's Menucha vis-a-vis an earlier level. And whatever state of Menucha you're in, it's Avaida vis-a-vis a higher madrega, Which means that everything is truth, and everything is... Uh, and, every, and any, any point in time when you're working to find their the their abundance was already there. And any point in time that you found their the their abundance was not there yet. And this is the site of what Rabbi Nachman talks about that the ultimate tzaddik, what the tzaddik is supposed to bring to the world, is this truth that the darimal, there's, there's people that are high, people that think they've hit the place of anukha, and the tzaddik has to tell them, you haven't gotten anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the tzaddik then has to turn to the people that are Mata, that feel that they have they can't even begin to climb because it's impossible. The tzaddik has to tell them, "You're already there. What's the problem? You're already there." And so that yichud between heaven and earth, between the darymal and darymata, between shu, between regular perm, which is we're here, and shushal perm says, "No, no, no, you're not there yet. Tomorrow you'll be there." But we're still recognizing that previous day as a as a yontif, as a day of manucha. That, that's the secret of perm, And that, that unifies all Yidin. So the unification of Yidin is not that we're all the same, but it means that we're all striving and we're all working on different layers, but each layer is 100% true and 100% valid and 100% authentic. That's what Rabbi Shalom is. And so this is the secret. This is the secret of, of, of perm. This is why, you know, um, in a certain sense, in a certain sense, this is going to sound a little bit funny, but uh, just to end quickly, The, the what's a walled city if you think about it? So you have, you have ground, which is, ground, it's low, you step on it, you know, not so chashev. And then you have, uh, then you have people. People is the purpose of creation, that's, that's, that's that is khashiv. So usually we live on top of ground, right? We don't live underground. What's a wall? If you use your imagination a little bit, walls, a wall is a a wall could be seen as sort of the extension of the ground above. So to a certain degree, a walled city means that you're living on the ground. You're living on the same layer, the same level as ground itself. I mean, so you have low Yidin, you have people that are holding a lower madregis, and to them, Menucha is uh, like a four-year-old saying Hashem. And then you have a human being that's a Chash person, that's a Navi saying Hashem. Guess what? We're all the same anyway. Doesn't mean your mom is the same. But it means you're all the same. You're right. You, when, you, when, you, when the four-year-old says Hashem, it's true. And when the Navi says, and, and says Hashem, it's also not true are not true, so they have that. They have that union. What's menucha is really not menucha. What's muhamma is really not muhamma, and that's ultimately that's the secret of perm. That's the secret of perm. Zad v'yada, None of we all we all know that we don't know, and we all don't know that we know, and that's that's the secret of perm. Rebbe should help us. we should be zeicher to feel that truth and be invigorated by, by the Antifa Purim to keep on striving, keep on climbing, keep on always going. But the secret of being a Yid, and this is the Nakuda, the secret of being a Yid is to always want, to always feel like you're not there, but to always have a deep, deep spiritual satisfaction in, in, in that thought itself. And if a person feels that you're not there yet, and you're climbing, and you're trying, and you're trying, and you don't feel a in that search... It means you have to give more shalach manas. You know, what I'm saying like it, it, it's not. You have to have more purim because purim should satisfy. Should give a person give a yid, the the at the, that the drive itself, the search itself should be deeply satisfying by itself. Should be to the of those two things. The b s called